You're listening to the Spartan Orientation Station on Impact 89FM, the podcast by students for students. Now, this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Spartan Orientation Station. Living off campus is a possibility for some incoming students, and many students will eventually choose to live in off-campus housing. You may be wondering how to stay connected to on-campus activities, when to sign a lease, or even how to start finding an apartment or house. These are all new responsibilities that we'll be discussing in today's episode. Uh, My name is Mackenzie, and I am a student coordinator here at the New Student Orientation Office. Uh, My name is Andre. I am an orientation intern with NSO. And my name is Allie, and I'm also a student coordinator here at NSO. So joining us today is Suchitra Webster, who is the director of the Office of Community and Student Relations. Thank you so much for joining us today. I was wondering if we could just start by having you introduce yourself in a little bit about um, your office. Absolutely. Um, You got it right. Suchitra Webster. I also go by Sue. So um, a lot of people haven't heard of the office, but they are certainly aware of the functions uh, of the office. And, and I would really put it into three buckets. So one of the things we do is work on community relations, town-gown relationships. So that's between the surrounding municipalities and the university itself. So that's one category. Another thing that we work on in our office is the MSU College Advising Corps. But the thing I think we're really here to talk about today is um, community living and exploration. And part of that is moving off campus and all of those options and opportunities, and also learning more about the community around us, which is East Lansing, but so much more. That is very cool. So hopping into the first question, could you tell me a little bit about what qualifies an MSU student to live off campus? And could I live off campus my freshman year? Yeah, that's a a very good question that um, lots of people want to know about. And uh, MSU has a general policy that students need to live on campus um, for two years uh, in a row. And there are some exemptions for that. I'm going to tell you that um, liveon.msu.edu is really the place to get all of the information you would need for that. I can tell you that there are some basic um you know, predetermined exceptions. One of them is if students are married, students need to be at least 20 years of um, of age by January 1 of 2024 for this particular year, if they're considering um, having an exemption. Uh, veterans with one or more years of active service, and they do have to submit a record. Um, students who might be living with a family member, and they again have to submit a signed document from that family member, and it goes through a process there. Students who are taking six or fewer credits during the semester in question, that's another, um, you know, possible way to not have to live on campus. And then current first-year students who have earned 30 credits by the close of the first semester. Perfect. So I was wondering if you could share what some of the key differences are between living on and living off campus. Yeah, I think um, there are lots of options and opportunities in in really both venues of living. Um, there's, for a lot of students, more independence when they're living off campus, and quite frankly, um, a lot more responsibility when you're living off campus. When you're on campus, there are a lot of things that um, are built in for you. Um, there are specific learning outcomes, and staff will be working to make sure that somebody's guiding you a lot of the way if you want that guidance. And you have a built-in staff, such as a resident assistants who live on a given floor. Um, there are a lot of rules and uh, regulations that come along with that, which some students uh, don't like. 
Others want to have the opportunity to live alone, not to live with a roommate or in, you know, X feet by X feet type of space and being able to switch that up. But your meals are available to you right there in a residence hall with a pretty, um, I would say, generous uh, package. There's a lot of convenience to being able to um, roll out of bed and go downstairs in some cases to take your classes right there. When you're off campus, um, absolutely, as I was saying earlier, um, independence and having the ability to do things the way you want to, but there are responsibilities to that too. Um, you know, you have to prepare your own meals. You have to figure out how you're going to get to campus in a lot of cases. So the onus or responsibility really falls more on uh, the shoulders of an independent off-campus student. Yeah, thank you. So yeah. you highlighted uh, the differences between living off-campus and on-campus, um, but specifically for off-campus, what are the different options for living off-campus, like houses, apartments, co-ops, et cetera, all those? Yep, absolutely. Um, East Lansing is often a place that people will look, but what I think I will start by saying is um, we are part of a much larger region. So we have students who often think they have a mailing, they do have a mailing address of East Lansing, but they might be living in Lansing or Bath Township, Meridian Township, Lansing proper. So that is um, part and parcel of figuring out this whole process. Because if you, for example, had to call um, for any type of law enforcement assistance or you were getting ready to vote, those, you know, the, the actual where I live is very important to those types of things. But in terms of the types of housing, which I think was your initial question, it runs the gamut. Everything from, um, a, you know, renting a room to sharing a house with friends to just myriad opportunities of apartments of every, you know, shape and size. So I think that um, students don't realize, but if they're willing to, um, you know, take a look at all of the different options in terms of affordability and, you know, your own personal preference, there are a lot of choices out there. Um, so going to the next question, how do I get housing off campus? Uh, like where can I start looking? What websites and what resources are there available? Well, the first place I would recommend that you start looking is offcampushousing.msu.edu. And this is really a, a one-stop sort of website where you do need your MSU net ID, but you're going to find all kinds of things there from, you know, the studio apartment in the high rise on Grand River to, you know, renting a room in a, a particular house. Or if you're looking for a roommate, you'll find people with MSU net IDs there as well. Um, so that's that is a good basic place to start. I also recommend, frankly, before you even begin your search or in tandem with the beginning of your search, you um, sit down with yourself or with a, a trusted family member or friend, and take a look at your budget, um, what you're willing to spend. I want you to pull out, um, you know, a map, a Google map, whatever, and figure out how far you're willing to walk, what your transportation, um, you know, abilities are really, and also where the nearest grocery store might be. There are some things we do throughout the year, including the housing fair, which will um, be occurring in that first week of November, um, where all kinds of landlords and property managers will come to the union. And this is not a run in and sign a lease. It's really for you to do some exploration, meet with 
um, landlords, property managers. We often have our leasing folks come um, from, actually, it's uh, student legal services. And they would be there to answer questions, show you what to look for in a lease, um, et cetera. So I always recommend, as part of your search, when you have a lease in hand, to go in um, and talk with any of them. You can get on their website, uh, and it's through ASMSU. You've paid for it with your um, fees, and it's it's free to you. So they can do an analysis and let you know if there's something that you know triggers their suspicion. But those are some ways I always recommend talking to friends, um, making phone calls, uh, and you know stopping in. So you can see, like at three o'clock in the afternoon, what is this complex like? Um, how am I being treated by the people in the office? I always recommend keeping a running trail of who you're talking to. An email trail is always a good thing as well. And I think this uh, is helpful when you're in the search process. You should not feel uh, rushed or hurried in this process, and a lot of students do. They think there there's not enough housing, spaces are gonna run out, I'm not gonna find the place that I want. There are so many places to live all over this community. The market is for students to dictate. And I unfortunately, I think a lot of times, students give up that right and let uh, some of the landlords and property managers, not all, but some dictate, this is the day we're opening leases, and if you want this, these are your only options. One of the things I would add, too, is there is a finite number um, of houses available in East Lansing. So if you are like bent on living at a particular cross street with eight of your best friends, that's going to be a different process than just going out and doing a regular search because there are only X number of those opportunities available. So... So that's one thing. Actually, those were a bunch of things to keep in mind. <laughs> it was all really helpful, though, because I'm also looking for housing off campus next yeah. year because all my roommates are seniors. So I'm like out looking for my own thing. And you address like a lot of like the issues that I have personally with looking for things off yeah. campus and everything like that. And I know you talked about there being a little bit different process for if you want a house versus an apartment. Mm -hmm. Could you talk? You've talked a lot about where, but could you talk a little bit about when and what kind of the timeline looks like for students who, you know, may be looking for leases that start next year. When should they start looking? I think it's okay to start looking once you've settled in in the fall and sort of um, gotten acclimated. And, you know, you're going to, in, mo in many cases, it's going to be sophomore year for students. So starting a new semester, you're in your hall, then I think it's okay to start thinking about it. But if you'll notice, I didn't say run out on September 30th and sign a lease, which is what some people feel and fear that they have to do. I've got to go sign that lease by October 1 or whatever. And that isn't the case. I, I really want people to try and slow down a little bit and ask all the right questions before you get into something that isn't going to be the right thing for you. A lot of people will... Um, have signed something or gotten something done by the end of the fall semester. Um, and that makes a lot of sense. And that's what we're seeing trend wise. But if that didn't happen for you, or you had to make some changes with a potential roommate, and it ends up being like February or something, it's not the end of the world, there'll be something available for you. 
Um, I, I don't recommend everybody wait until a month before school starts, but I do have students I work with who, for whatever reason, are in that boat and they're still able to find something. There are some properties, especially the newer ones or the newest ones on the market, that fill up pretty quickly. Great. Thank you. Sure. Well- I know you had talked a little bit about um, like student legal services and mm-hmm. how you should definitely use those because they are free to you. Yep. Um, but what else should you consider when signing a lease, um, looking over it just even before you maybe take it into student legal services? Yep. I think it's um, important to recognize how long that lease is for. Um, there are you know, all kinds of pieces of information within that lease. Are you going to be charged a security deposit? Is there a fee for completing the lease? Is there going to be a a cleanup fee despite the security deposit? What is it going to cost you if you've decided that you want to have a cat or a dog? And is that even allowed? Looking at the lease, read it carefully. You're also going to find out information like, is there one payment due at the you know end of the month that all the roommates must pool the money together? Or do you have separate you know leases of your own that you sign? That's great. Um, speaking of leases, um, mm-hmm. and if I'm having any trouble with my lease or my living situation off campus, um, what should I do if I need legal assistance? Yep. That it, that's a good question, and I'm going to bore you by sending you back to the uh, <laughs> student legal services at ASMSU. But I would always say with the first thing I recommend doing is talking to the people in the office um, of your organization, the, the rental property owner. Um, so that's important. For some of the newer builds, they do have corporate offices. And if you're not getting any satisfaction um, in the local unit, you may want to also um, communicate with somebody in the national um, organization, which you can usually see by looking at a website. And if you scroll down to the bottom, it'll tell you who the owner is of the property. In the city of East Lansing itself, you can also contact um their uh, planning, building, and uh, development office, and there is a housing and university uh, administrator. So if you just go to cityofeastlansing.com and look for help with rental issues, uh, you can contact them. Because sometimes it's, you know, it's something, unfortunately, we've had situations where there was a fire or there was mold or there was something that isn't being uh, remedied in a timely way, and you might want to let the city know about that. Um, rental licensing and inspections are pretty, you know, stringent in East Lansing, but that's not the case everywhere. But um, East Lansing often has great resources to help you with that too. And so, let's say I know that I want to live off campus, but my current roommate and I may not have similar budgets or have the same ideas about where we want to live the next year. And I need to start looking for other roommates. Do you have any tips or tricks about how to go about that? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think people rely, again, as you said, on the close friend that they know or the person they're living with. And then they're like at 11th hour, it's not working or I don't know what to do. And I think um networking through all of your um, friend or acquaintance groups is a good thing. Um, I think in the land of social media, there are ways for you to connect with people, but you need to be careful um, about that. And I think asking people some questions where you need to be honest is really important when you're deciding if that's going to be the best fit 
for you. Um, I also know that on the offcampushousing.msu.edu website, you can go in and do a, a roommate um, selection finder. They ask you questions about you know, your lifestyle and what you're looking for in a roommate and how much you're willing to spend and some of those things. And it will help you find some options that's built in right there. And then many, many of our landlords and property managers know that this is an issue for students. And we see an, uh, a larger number working with students. So if you were to go in and say, you know, I found a place, I really like it, I want to live here, uh, I don't have a roommate or I'm not sure what to do with that, they could say, you know, here are some um, programs we have as well where we can help match you up with someone. But don't just think of it as your best friend in the world. It might be somebody that's in a, you know, a group working on a project for a class. So try to um, breathe, network, and uh, utilize your resources. For sure. students that are that don't have cars and are not mm-hmm. planning on driving to campus, how can they commute to school? Um, and again, this this depends on where you're living, your own mobility issues, your you know, your own um, personal preference in a lot of ways. So bikes, of course, walking, of course. There is the um, Catabus service, which a lot of people use, Capital Area Transport um, Authority. So you've be- become accustomed to that when you're on campus and um, utilizing that maybe to go from one end of campus to the other. But Cata really runs throughout the region. Um, and some Places will give you a a bus pass, potentially, or that's something that you can purchase. And then beyond that, some of the apartment complexes have their own uh, bus services. So an example would be uh, the lodges or lofts, where they have a number of times a day that they have their own privately owned bus that will bring you to campus. You'll want to investigate that. And then I think it's important to be realistic because you might be saving you know, a lot of money, for example, living much further away, but then you need to make sure that you realize when the bus is coming, um, will you be ready on time to catch that bus, etc. So as I was saying earlier about checking out um, complexes and so on, I also think it's a good idea to just ride the bus if that's something you're thinking about. If you're thinking about, you know, there's there's everything under the sun. Um, available from scooters to, you know, riding your own bike or, you know, walking. For most people, they really prefer to walk. But those are all things you need to consider. And I know a concern of a lot of students, especially, you know, first year students who are commuting is they want to get involved. They want to do all the things that the people who are living on campus can do. So um, do you have any advice on how Uh, students can stay involved when they're living off campus? I think that's a really good question. And you talk about commuter students. So sometimes we think of that as someone who might be driving in from Grand Rapids or Brighton. So there's a more traditional view of a commuter student. And then we often use the term off campus for anyone who's not literally living on campus, but is in with a relatively close distance. They could walk, they could ride their bike take a bus, et cetera. One of the biggest complaints that off-campus students have is that they do not feel connected to campus in the way that they did when they lived on. Because again, everything is in your face all the time. It's convenient. So you have to um, play some games with yourself to make 
yourself be on campus and be part of campus. And I cannot stress enough the hundreds of registered student organizations which make that um, available for students. I think um, making sure that you don't just race onto campus to go to a class and then head back off right away to wherever it is that you're living is important. Um, And it's finding locations, finding that study spot that is your place where you're going to go um, and hang out. It's, um, you know, purchasing maybe uh, X number of meal tickets so that you're going to eat on campus for two meals a week. You know, if that's if that's your limit or if you're like, I'm going to be on campus all day, Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, you know, Wednesdays, whatever, whatever it looks like for you. But you have to make sort of an intentional effort, you know, to participate to engage, to look in your own college and see what opportunities exist there for you. So there's a little bit more um, work involved than if you're, you know, a first-year student living in a residence hall and, you know, you can walk in and look on the back of the stall that you're in and it's going to tell you all the things you could be doing or sitting there looking at a table tent, um, you know, while you're eating in in a cafeteria that it's not quite going to be like that. And so as you grow and develop as students, that's something you're going to have to add into the mix is how do I maximize all of the opportunities here? Gotcha. Well, thank you. Sure. Uh, You talked a little bit earlier about responsibility and how that really takes a big role with going into housing off campus. Now that you, uh, if you're not living in a residence hall with the RAs and stuff like that, what comes with that? Less rules from the halls you're living in, but there's also still like local laws. So for someone living off campus, uh, what local laws and ordinances are important to consider while living in East Lansing or even the surrounding areas? That's a that's a great idea. So something we have to remember whenever we're moving off campus is there's an existing community of permanent residents. And it doesn't matter. I'm using East Lansing as the example, but it's wherever students are living. And for those who are living in houses, I always recommend um, that they meet their neighbors when they first move in. Like, just go knock on the door and introduce yourself, maybe exchange phone numbers, so that if there is um, the potential for an issue down the line, that's not the first time you're meeting that person. And we've we have I don't want to just focus on that because there are all these stories of these people who have gotten to know their student neighbors and they think they're fantastic and they have them over for dinner or they make cookies for them. I mean, there's there's all kinds of great things that go on in, in the neighborhoods. But then in terms of um, apartments, it's the same thing. We often I'm talking about permanent residents, but it's also other students. Um, you know, who you don't know that they're working two jobs and they have a very rigorous curriculum. Everybody has their own um, situation and perspective. So we always ask people to bear that in mind. In terms of the ordinances themselves, in the case of East Lansing, if you go to their website um, and look for, uh, you know, ordinances or information specific to college students, there are particular sections of the website that'll pull that up. One thing we like to remind students is that Um, safety off campus. It's not terribly different from what's on campus, but you need to be very aware of your surroundings. Often in those first few weeks, um, students are there. It's exciting, right? Exciting times, meeting all these people. Classes haven't started full swing. So you might be out having a good time and you're like, I don't really know where I am. I don't know um, who I'm with 
or what's going on. So, you know, they're the basic things like locking doors and switching a little bit off your question into some safety elements. But locking your doors, making sure somebody knows where you are, um, you know, maybe sharing your location with somebody if that's a concern. If people are... um, you know, engaging in, you know, drinking, which happens with great regularity, particularly in the beginning when you get to school. We we always like to remind people that there is no open alcohol allowed in East Lansing. There's some specific ordinances like that. Noise is another ordinance. People are like, well, I didn't think it was that loud. Well, if it can be heard from another property, um, you know, away from your property line, that's a problem. So it's easy to get onto an app or to you know, just go to the city or municipality's website and the ordinances will be right there for you. So could you talk a little bit about how setting up um, trash and other like utility services work? Yeah. So usually in most of the properties, they will, as part of your lease or the lease addendum, there'll be information on that because it does vary. In some places you will, um, it'll be part of your lease and others, you're going to sign something separate, which deals with, um, you know, your utilities and that sort of thing. You want to try and uh, look for opportunities where that can be divided for you with your roommates as opposed to having to figure out who's paying for what. In terms of trash, uh, in East Lansing, if you're living in a house, there'll be, um, you know, usually a trash container with the house and also um, some curbside recycling So that will differ. And that's a topic um, I think students are more and more engaged in and want to make sure they have recycling opportunities. And not all of the apartments um, and complexes in this area provide that. So I always recommend that students um, let their landlords know that this is something that they're accustomed to and they want to know how their landlord is going to help uh, make that easier for them. And also remembering that the university has its own a space where you can, if you're willing to save up your recycling and take it over there and drop it off, it's available to you um, out by what was known uh, as the commuter lot or the surplus store um, on the southern end of campus. So there's that option as well. But trash is usually provided um, as part of the lease. And and for some, it's taking it down to a dumpster behind the building. For others, there may be a chute. It just depends on the particular property. Gotcha. Well, thank you so much yep. for that. Uh, sure. I did just want to add really quick before we get on to the next question, as we're kind of getting to the last of our questions here today, sure. uh, I just wanted to add for any potential commuter students listening, transfer students listening, um, I myself kind of can relate to um, the feelings of not living on campus and um, feeling a little bit separated, but mm-hmm. I just wanted to, to say that um, just with a little effort like we've been talking about today, it's looking pretty much the exact same, just a little bit different. You're just not living in the residence halls. Um, you can make campus still home, even though you're living off campus, um, just with a little bit of effort. And I just wanted to, to say that really quick. Yeah, I can also actually add a little bit to that as someone who did not live on campus their first year. Um, it can be like that isolating feeling like what Kenzie was talking about, but it is about like throwing yourself out there and just looking for clubs, finding your place on campus and like really turning like MSU into your home um, yes. but yeah I really agree with that yeah it's it's scary yeah. at first I, I can relate I'm I would say I'm a little bit of an extrovert and I still was a little bit scared to, <laughs> to kind of get out there but uh, it really does make a difference in making MSU home because I really do consider this my, my home so yep. <laughs> yes so um hopping into the last question here 
What is your favorite part about working with the students and being part of the MSU community yourself? Oh my gosh, I just, I love being part of <laughs> Spartan <laughs> life and Spartan culture. And um, I like to help students because this is this is all part of the learning experience, right? We can talk uh, ad nauseum about academics and the classroom and all of the amazing things that are happening there. But this is... This is the part that you remember the most after you leave college and university life is what that experience was like, the people that you met, what it made you feel like, what did you learn, because that affects you the most as a person. So anything I can do to facilitate that development or growth is something that I enjoy very much. And I just love the fresh ideas and approaches and things that we all learn from one another and students bring a new energy and vibrancy every single fall. All right. Well, thank you so much, uh, Sue, yeah. for joining us today. Hopefully students, um, whether you're living off campus this year or perhaps looking to live off campus in the future, you can find some of these tips helpful. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Spartan Orientation Station on Impact 89 FM. Let us know what you think by connecting with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at MSU underscore NSO. 